Everybody, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by, you guessed it, the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. It's the museum slash auditorium. It is open late. So, you know, if you're like out and about in Hollywood and you feel like swinging by somewhere that's going to be a good, good time, well, there's no better place than the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium. What? What? You say you'd only go if there was some sort of buy one, get one free entry? Guess what? There is! Thanks to this podcast and those good folks over there, you can, after 5.30 p.m., get two people in for only $20. I mean, come on. If you Uber there, it'll cost you less to go in than it would to park at Hollywood and Highland. I know this, because I've done it. I've never Ubered there, but I've parked. It's expensive. Anyway, tell them Matt and Andy sent you. Buy one, get one at 5.30 p.m. Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium. Here is the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I am Matt. I am Andy. Oh, we are just having an exciting time here today. Uh, we're going to be talking about Final Mission. That's which, right. Uh, quite frankly, is an episode that Andy and I might see differently Matt? than each other. I just don't know. Before we... Well, I don't know. Should we? I'll just ask you this now. Would you have them watch this episode? No. No. Interesting. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. Right. Watch it in the sense of like... Gonna be Look, there's really char- going at each other today. There's some character development, which is nice. So I would say watch <laughs> it for that. Also, I'm going to tell you guys just before we just started. I don't even know what the bit was. I don't either. I started to do a bit with a big, crazy character voice, and he said, "We're not recording. I don't want to do friend bits." <laughs> <laughs> and he just, stopped me from doing the bit. Just didn't want to waste the energy. I wanted him to bring it for uh, you guys. So here we are. We're bringing it for you guys. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Andy, it's just an exciting time to to be a Star Trek fan. There's so much on the horizon. Yeah. Um, and uh, quite frankly, uh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Whatever happened to the the guy who was building the theme park in in the Middle East? Jordan? Yeah. King of Jordan who loves uh, yeah. Star Trek? Oh, somebody wanted us to talk about his appearance, but I, that's in, what is it, in Voyager? Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> In six years. Stay tuned. Um, my ear's ringing. Is your ear ringing? That's just me, right? And now you made me self-conscious. Is your ear Hey, guys, let me ask you this. at home, are your ears ringing? If you have a pain right on the side of your eye, <laughs> are there any neurosurgeons out there you want to tell me? Do I have some sort of brain tumor? Uh... Is it like right under the flesh between the between the skull and the and the exterior? I can't tell if it's on the eyelid. It's on the right eyelid, or if it's. I don't think that's a brain tumor. Okay, is it an? I'm eye not tumor? a neuroscience though. Okay, no. So, don't take my word for it. 
It's good enough for me. I'm a professional amateur. Um, yeah. It's a great so, name for your biography. Well, Autobiography. Yeah, I have so many Nobody's names for my biographies. Biography. Yeah, what else? No one's got a biography? <laughs> Sorry. You're saying a, I'll do nothing? <laughs> that was a mean thing I mean, say. you're probably 100% correct. <laughs> I would draw that. You're correct, probably, most likely. But, uh, I mean, geez, come on, Andy. Well, professional amateur is a great name for it, whatever the case. Someday, I think, you know, when they're writing the uh, book on podcasts, they yeah. will... Uh, also, oh, they will also ignore me. Uh, that is not true. You'll get heavily uh, mentioned in that. I don't know if that's true. Um, Andy, uh, let's that. try to get you mentioned in that book by knocking it out of the park today with one of the greatest oh, Is this going to do it? Is this going to be the turning ever. point? Oh, my gosh. As you know, this is Star Trek The Next Conversation, the greatest podcast about Star Trek that is hosted by me and Andy. That's us. We won. <laughs> we did it. We were the best. And we have made you all suffer many hours. That's right. And we're going to do more. Uh, Andy, I suppose we should waddle on down. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll waddle. You do however you want to do. You can saunter. You can shimmy. Stride. Oh, you're really going to like lift those uh, arms up? Do one of That's those right. like... Uh, March. Like that March, uh, meme of Leo DiCaprio walking, just like not a care in the world. He's got his arms up. He's walking long uh, stride. Yeah, what is that from? I think it's a paparazzi photo where Leo is like, fine, I'll just do this. Huh. And quite frankly, okay. it has worked out uh, well. Do you for think him. he's happy inside? I mean, I know certainly every ego Honestly, gratification no. he could possibly have. I don't think he's happy. Is happening, but I want him to be happy. Yeah, but can you imagine all the things he's experienced? The ups and downs, you know, growing pains to uh, Wolf of Wall Street. The Did he have really growing pains? When is he, he taking was a on hit? Growing pains. Oh, he was on growing pains. Oh, I see. <laughs> boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, guys. You know what? Let's uh, let's pop into the the, the uh, Admiral's Lounge here, buddy. All right. Here, let's club. We just uh, step by the store here. I'll slide right open. Matt. Yes, Andy. How do they get into this place? Well, you know, Apple Podcasts is what it's called now, and that's the place they could go to gain entry here. All you got to do is leave a five-star review. Oops. And uh, I, that's our headphones, Andy. Not The people at home don't know anything's happening except for the fact that I just mentioned it. I am not a professional. Again, professional amateur. Uh, yeah, leave a five-star review. We'll read it on the air, and you're in. If you leave a five-star review and we don't read it on the air, you're also in. You're definitely in. You were an admiral one way or the other. No. Oh, oh you're, no, you are an admiral. We've oh, okay. had this argument a this million I, times. This I get confused on. No. So. Well, that's where it gets confusing because some people are also now members of our Patreon and they are so lieutenants. So they're admiral lieutenants? This I don't is know. Crazy. Are they lieutenant admirals? Oh, I think that sounds like a cool title myself. Lieutenant but. admiral. It's like a rear admiral? Yes. I guess, I guess I would say you can choose between what you want to be called. Do you want to be an enlisted man or woman or do you want to be an admiral just sitting behind a desk? You let us know what you want to be called. Anyway, the first one is from... Someone very well known to us. He does all of our stats. He is uh, the the ship statistician. It is Brad Arrington. And I somehow overlooked his admiralty. Wow. A long way back. You know how you upset a statistician? You you, you miss a statistic. And this is one. Uh, he's, and he's going to mention another. Uh, note to Andrew Secunda. I'm the president. Just under the wire. Uh, as the statistician you didn't ask for, I'm sending 10 cents for each MVC awarded. He sent us... Um, seven dollars, uh, six eighty nine. Oh, it was it uh, seven? Yeah, well, I was I was close when I said seven dollars, wasn't I? Uh, why only he took a penny off? Why only sixty four? 
uh, when you've done 68, but this is a long time ago, 68 podcasts, because the first four episodes still Didn't don't have, have an MVC. MVC. Oh, we have to go <laughs> and back my and completest brain hurts. What I've thought is like, well, wait until we finally do the Andes, which, by the way, uh, Josh and uh, Mike have, have prodded us about, and uh, and then we'll reveal it. So if we have any like final scores, maybe that'll alter it. Oh boy, we better rent some Tiffany drums. That's <laughs> the most important. That's the only thing that's stopping us. <laughs> they're so big, you know. We gotta get them in the house. Sure, they're huge. Also, I mean, on the ship. <laughs> yeah. I also would like a giant tuba to play every time a new guest comes on stage. Uh, so some sort of you're just assuming everyone's gonna. Sure, the whole, the whole cast, sure, the TNG you're, you're cast. Assu- but yeah. you're assuming everyone is an enormous 1930s fat guy? Pencil, pencil, thin mustache. I want to see, <laughs> see how each of them react. Hello, <laughs> It's not even, they don't even say hello. It's just a title card comes up because it's the, before the talkies. Oh, boy. Oh, I want him to host. <laughs> um, so, Brad. <laughs> no, wait, that's the president voice. That's not the president. president of this. <laughs> no, wait. Lost it. Here, watch this. Uh, okay. Welcome to the president circle, sir. How are you? There you go. You found there it. You See? It's in, the, it's in the cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's. Uh, I'm only doing one that we've made it endless anyway uh, because <laughs> I got some president circle stuff to do. That's great, Andy. All we have to do is walk through that door and you uh, buckle the uh, up. Somebody, like somebody slice that out with Andy singing along to it. That will be the one we play from now on. Do you know how to harmonize? No. Well, yes. I mean, I know it theoretically how to harmonize. Do I have a voice that can hit a pitch? Probably not. I really want to learn how to harmonize. Well, I think that this is probably... How does one go about it? Yeah, I guarantee you there's at least 4,000 YouTube videos about it. If anyone wants to point me toward a very, like, idiot version of, here's where you would start to learn how to harmonize, I will do it. Aren't you going to have to then learn your, your music theory, your circle of fifths, etc.? Oh, do I? It's not just an intuitive Look, thing uh, you can listen to. Maybe it is. Uh, maybe it is. They're going to yeah. tell us okay. on YouTube. Anyway. Oh, really coming down in here. Matt. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to enjoy this portion of the podcast, I can tell you that much. Well, I am ready for it. Because... <laughs> We, uh, the people have really, they've come at from all corners of the galaxy to, uh, to let us know that there were a few PayPal donations that have been remaining. Jesus Christmas. <laughs> and, uh, and I think actually they're encouraged by the fact that it drives you so insane to uh, continue to say, I wasn't going to say anything, but, uh, so our first is from Hans Hillen who sent us $17.02, old schoolers. Uh, these are people who made the PayPal donation in before in or before July when we switched over so now the only way you can get a shout out now current modern day is by entering our president circle tier of our Patreon but these people they beat this system um, Hans Hillen says while doing a running slide underneath the closing engineer blast door I'm the president now secunda Mike Webster sent us five dollars just wanted to get into the president circle when the before the price shoots up 
Love the show. Hope you guys never fully get your act together. We haven't. Also, I have signed up to be a lieutenant on the cash grab, so don't say a lawyer never did anything nice for you. Mike Webster, <laughs> Esquire. Sarah Jean Hartnell sent us $9 and writes, Hi, Bo. Um, Hi, buddy. Is Bo nearby? I don't know. He's probably on his bed. This is uh, $9 for when you and and your humans uh, make it to STDS9, my favorite series. Cool. Um, And then we got another one from Matt Dillon. Matt? I'm so excited that he took time out of his stalled career to... Join. Whoa, taking on this shot at poor Matt Dillon. <laughs> My bodyguard was the best. And little darlings and other things that he was in. Uh, hi, Andy and Matt. I was going to leave it be because I was just happy to support the show before the Patreon started. Cannot resist the reaction that Matt uh, from Matt that you have uh, another one was missed to be read out on your podcast. I don't know if that was me or that was the phraseology. I'm going to say it was me. Anyway, um, he, re- he sent us $17.01. Good day, Matt and Andy. Yours has oh, been the God. first podcast I have ever. <laughs> I didn't realize he was oh, Australian. We read the other stuff in Australian, in Australian dialect. Yours has been the first podcast I have ever considered paying any sort of money towards. In a world where we can get such great content for free, just for listening to an ad for Ripley's, I'll never visit. I live in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, you might make it out someday. I w- I'd love to. Oh, he he's him Not here. you I'll to Melbourne. There. Yeah, I want to go. Go. Get together with Damien and no one stop and gather Andy. all the people. Gather you two two people and each of you pay us fifteen hundred dollars to fly got, out. You've got eleven days coming up, right? <laughs> yeah, and Christmas. Uh-huh. You know, it's an eleven day break. Uh huh. I feel like you you you. you eleven days. We don't have eleven days. We do because of the way Christmas falls. Twenty second is Friday. And then the first is like a really? Wednesday. Oh, man, that's going to be Or Tuesday. Oh, so what goodness. I'm saying is maybe go then. Maybe. It's summer down there. Could be. You leave this hot weather and go to hot weather. Really no, you're not selling it to me. Yeah. I wanted to give you guys something back for all your hard work. I have no talent in Photoshop or sound editing, so cash it is. I'll also be signing up for the Patreon. Also, the first time I will sign up for one. Thank you very much, Matthew. And now... I'm sorry about your saying your career still. <laughs> you know, Matthew, you'll, you'll always be a, a superstar in our hearts. <laughs> um, and now for our Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardees. Oh, there's three of you selected each month, assuming three of you have written in. And uh, Andy, who's our first recipient? Our first recipient is Kim Vilsack. Hey, Kim, what's up? Kim just says, I got nothing. Beautiful. You know what? You're still in. Your Christopher your, Pike Medal of Valor. Here's Honor. your medal. Uh, D. Nettleton says, I would like to know if mm-hmm. you think the cheese belongs on the top of the burger patty or underneath. Thank you for your consideration on this very serious matter. I mean, look, traditionally it's placed on the top, but as I'm thinking about it right now, it should be on the bottom because you want your taste buds to hit that delicious aged cheddar. It is a fascinating question because that really gives you the taste of the burger first, and then it's like, it's almost like an after, an aftertaste, like a... Oh, see, I eat burgers in one bite. Like the guy in Popeye. Sure. (laughs) You just toss it in the air and it lands in your mouth. And then they play boom, 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 boom. Um, And uh, last one is from uh, Joe Fermanek. Now, we've heard from Joe Fermanek recently, and I've got to throw it out to you guys. Uh, Put your post up on that subspace shout-out for November for the President Circle, you President Circle members. 
because uh, I have to keep recycling otherwise. And the usual suspects are very active Look, and have they clever things have to have say. Have a nice display and, of medals in their desk. Yeah, that after they think that. Uh, you know, data blew up uh, after the after we think they blew up in a shuttle accident uh, when they're really being held captive by a guy who collects President Circle members. Uh, we'll go through their desk together and oh, we'll yeah. find multiple medals. That's right. Anyway, Joe Fermanek asks this. Also, imp- we're not going to look for you that hard. Important question uh, that is bow related to some degree. Yeah. You've adopted a dog and are going to give it a name of a Trek character. Give us your top five options. FYI, my dog's name is Money Penny. Must uh, be a bonding listener. Look, there seems to be one dominant dog, Star Trek. Janeway? Name. Nope. Oh, I would call him call her Catherine Janeway. Barkley. Oh, so obvious. You know? So obvious. Someone emailed the, the Excellent Adventure. Their dog is named Reggie, Reginald Barkley. And I was like, why are you calling that dog Barkley? Because it's a fucking dog that barks. This is beautiful. But great job to them for having that name. I was, uh, I was also thinking Harry Mud, because dogs are always getting in the mud. <laughs> it's a little bit more of a stretch. Andy, it's okay. You've done a couple of improv shows over the weekend. And, <laughs> My uh, brain's it's all left on the stage, guys. You know? <laughs> if you want to see me actually be funny, you'll have to come to a show. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Good name, bud. You know, because mud, that's good. All right. He's guessing us for five. My other ones would probably be all the all the ladies of Star Trek, so I'd have to get a lady dog. Row, Rolar, Row's good. Ensign Row. I would always put them by there. You'd give them their rank. Their first. rank, sure, <laughs> sure. So I'd have Lieutenant Junior Grade Reginald Barkley. Sure, sure. Ensign Wesley Crusher is a great name for a dog. I agree. It's got a good uh, like sort of flow to it. Um. Oh, wait a minute. Not sure about this. Guys, we're getting so wet while he's thinking about this. Lieutenant Commander Wolf? Well, here's the problem with that. He doesn't okay. become a Lieutenant Commander till Star Trek Generations. So, I mean... Oh, oh that's right. Lieutenant Wolf. <laughs> that's see, Lieutenant Wolf is better. Yeah. Is, uh, may I ask? Um, I don't know. Let's Klingons find out. have only one name? No, they are... They are... They are, they are from a house. You know, oh, so right. it's like... So, so Worf is the Worf, son of Moog. Right, right. Is gotcha. his full. Or Rajanko, depending on where he is. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. Was that enough? Should we move on? That was plenty. I, <laughs> okay. I feel great about it, Andy. Uh, and then I just wanted to throw in, there was a funny exchange uh, on the uh, Patreon. Um, uh, you can sign up for the Patreon at patreon.com slash forward slash Star Trek TNC. We have a lieutenant's level where you get one bonus podcast and a president circle level where you get an additional uh bonus podcast every month this month we're doing or or, or, uh, lieutenant's uh, circle orville uh, episode two everybody you guys have asked for it i'm uh, unfortunately delivering it and we're doing marveling continuing our marveling uh iron man the deuce that's right the mcu movies that may change if uh, things get voted out. You're in control. I was going to say we should um, possibly... There's been a lot of response to you not seeing aliens. And I know that you're ambivalent about continuing on the Orville. We might want to throw that in the lieutenant circle. Throw whatever we want to throw. Um, uh, or Gattaca. Do you have an interest in Gattaca? Watching I raised Gattaca it last again? Time. Sure, I'll see Gattaca again. I like Gattaca. I don't know if I've seen it all the way through, but I did enjoy what no. I saw. Hang in there. Um, oh, anyway, this funny exchange was from between Sir Reginald Pennybottom and Josh Monroe, uh, two of the regular suspects. He says, you guys still going to work in Gattaca? 
That movie makes me laugh so hard. I'm not sure if that's a joke or not. And then Josh says, Andy's a fan. Or did he say he wasn't? I can't remember. And then uh, Pennybottom responds, Andy doesn't actually exist. Matt's mind created Andy as a coping mechanism. Why have I done this to myself? It's a terrible coping mechanism. (laughs) I need to create a third person to help me cope with my relationship with the fake Andy. (laughs) Anyway, that's the uh, both the Patreon and the Admiral's Club. Great. Let's head uh, straight out to the hallway, I suppose. We'll uh, fire up the site-to-site transport one more time because, quite frankly, I don't care what kind of drain I put on the power systems. It's not our place to worry about such things. Fair. Let me hop over to our... Do we have a, uh, like a kind of a, uh, like a panel? Like where we're running the podcast from over here? Well, all these, see these hallway walls, Andy. It's just all on we the have to walls, do is touch the very cars, and there it is. I don't want to run no, it from the wall. We do have wall. this folding card table we oh, stole okay, from Data's nice. quarters. Right. Oh, there are L cars on here. <laughs> all right, here we go. Captain, we are being hailed. The hail bag is now open. Um, our first sale is uh, from Neil Studd, who wants to talk about Chief O'Brien's mm-hmm. ongoing absence. Uh, greetings in reunion. You were talking about the absence of Chief O'Brien in the uh, transporter room, and Matt mused that perhaps Colmini, Colmini, uh needed a day. For a movie shoot, well, I did some detailed research, by which I mean I opened two Wikipedia pages and confirmed that was true. He's not in any further episodes, ooh, wow, until the fall of 1990, as he was in Dublin filming The Commitments, which I loved. I loved The Commitments. I think that, wasn't that, I said he's probably out filming, and then you said, was he making The Commitments? That's right. I believe I think that that's happened. accurate. That exchange happened. Wow. Way to go, us. We did it. Um... Great music, toe-tapping music, a bunch of great Irish characters, pretty ladies. The whole, it's got everything. Um, the final draft of the... Re- so that was the commitments began principal photography on August 27th, 1990, and the final draft of the reunion script was completed on September 4th, 1990. So that oh, is, yeah. in fact... He does pop back. He's in season four pretty pretty heavily, I he, think. Neil Studd says he comes back in Data's Day. Data's Day. I'm looking forward to that. So it's going to be the last one of the month. For reasons I won't spoil for Andy. Um, then we have a hail from Jonathan Bruno, who says, is talking about uh, episode 181. I'll spoil it. Reunion. Andy, Chief O'Brien kills Jordy because uh, he Jordy played a prank on O'Brien and his replicator only produces potatoes. Well, that just sounds like bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> um... So, uh, oh, and by the way, write, uh, if you can, in the uh, in the title of your hails to me now, because we're going all over the place. We're trying to record in advance. Tell me what episode you're referring to, unless you're not referring to any episode. Um, anyway, Jonathan Bruno writes, Cafe Max Lenses um, and Saucer Section, but I'm not going to bring that part up. Hey, Matt and Andy. Uh, Matt asked whether or not Apple still is a Cafe Max at mm-hmm. the Infinite Loop. A location it in fact does yes there are dozens of cafe max all throughout the cupertino cupertino area with the opening of this spaceship building we now have a cafe that seats three thousand people and has a capacity to serve fifteen thousand meals per day holy crap that would satisfy about half our meals matt yeah if we were there they'd have to really up production However, the classic IL Cafe will not be going anywhere. Cool. Um, and then number two is Matt said he was struck by the shallow depth of field in the scene between Worf and Picard. My background's in cinematography, so I can say with relative certainty that the lenses used in the close-ups in the scene 
are much longer focal lengths than we uh, usually see in TNG. With tight production schedules, most directors seem to focus on shooting scenes as efficiently as possible. Uh, I think that what we're seeing here is good old Frakes taking the time to linger on a close-up of Worf as the scene ends. Um, see you means a, a close-up. Uh, while DPs often... <laughs> you didn't did I say, say that. Because I you didn't say see you. I said see you pre- prior to that. Oh, I? did you? I think I did. No. Um, while DPs, uh, director of photography, often like to shoot nice and close uh, for moments of high tension or emotion, it's often shot down because of the extra time it takes on set. And then he wanted me to play this. Inside baseball. It takes a strong director like Frakes to have the freedom to film a scene like this. And I looked up Jonathan's credits and... Uh, he is uh, most often a uh, a camera operator, so he really is someone who would know about the switching of lenses yeah. firsthand. Um, but he also was a DP on several episodes of Love, which was shot on the Sony lot where Matt and I work. So we may have seen you around, Jonathan. Oh, uh, go Rusty. Yeah, Paul Rust. That's fun. Friend of the pod. Is he? I'll call him a friend of the pod. He doesn't, he doesn't even know about this pod. I would like him to be a friend of the pod, but you don't allow me to have guests. No, I don't. Um, all right. And then we have a voice hail. And here it is. Oh, boy. We haven't a voice hail in a while. Hey, Matt and Andy. I've been a lifelong TNG fan. I absolutely love the pod. I'm calling today because I need Matt's help. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling with this issue of Klingon blood. In the, the episode where he Worf kills Duras, <laughs> yep. and it's very clear that Duras's blood is red. Correct. It's all over Worf's Batlist. Yes. Indeed. Earlier in the episode, in Kalar's quarters, she's dying. Everything's covered in red blood. Well, she's half human. She's only half Klingon, but nevertheless, it's yeah. red. Okay. However, yeah. as you know, yes, I do. the key plot point of Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, is that Klingon blood is pink, is pink? not red. Sure. In fact, the entire movie rests on that particular issue. Yes. How do you resolve this, Matt? Please well, <laughs> fix this so my brain doesn't hurt anymore. Well, I'm dying to hear the magic jingle. <laughs> Much love from Ben in Starkville, Mississippi. Okay. Are you ready? I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Do which 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 fix do you think he think he wants? Do you think he wants the production fix, or do you think he wants the? Uh... I don't think we care about the production fix. Okay. Well, that this episode was shot before. Star Trek Six. Star Trek Six was oh, shot. That's interesting so that's information. Part one. Yeah. Okay. Part two. But st- you still think that they would have communicated and obeyed canon and not built a giant plot point well, on this? Nicholas Meyer does what. Nicholas but wait, Meyer is that wants. the first time that we've seen Klingon blood? That can't be true. It's the first time we've seen. Dis- Star Trek Six is the first time we've seen Klingon blood be purple. Oh, I see. well then. Wait a minute. But prior to that, was it just red? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, we saw it last week or two weeks ago, whenever the hell we recorded that. But then they're not obeying canon. Star Trek Six wasn't obeying canon? Yeah. Buckle up. I'm going to tell you something. Oh, exciting. They weren't. Correct. That is correct. <laughs> but, you know, as we know, yeah. there are many houses. <laughs> oh, here There we are 26 go. houses. Here we go. The Klingon Empire. Yeah, Andy. sure. You know, you'd think that the Chancellor Gorkon house... <laughs> Uh, would probably be dealing with uh, one or two other houses that would serve as his personal guards. Yeah. These are people that would be on the ship also. 
And it is uh, not unlikely to myself that some of the other houses may have a slightly different chemical makeup to their blood. Now, blood is red when oxygenated. You know, it doesn't hit the doesn't turn fully red until you get oxygen into that blood right so that's, right. that's why you got blue veins that are here because it hasn't been oxygenated uh, i'm showing andy veins like he's never seen them before so it's uh, so i'm a klingon is what that means no 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 oh i'm sorry just, i misunderstood just, what your point uh, was. not a ton of oxygen in there so uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna give it the following explanation okay uh the gorkin house uh-huh. as well as the gorkin house guards uh-huh. which could be from who knows who knows which house they're originally from right uh they existed in a slightly uh, different chemical makeup atmosphere. Uh, and on board the Klingon ship, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to see all sorts of uh, messy bloods. Mm-hmm. And those happen to all be purple because everyone they were killing were from similar houses. It didn't make sense, but Matt fixed it. It did it, buddy. Yeah. And the real answer is Nicholas Meyer thought it would look cooler and that they would be able to get away with a PG rating. Oh, smart. Yeah. Oh, that's a sidestep. So he's saying, like, it's not real blood. You're going to not put fake blood on there? Mm-hmm. It's really smart. Yeah. Did it work? What do you mean? Yeah, of course it worked. You got the rating? Yeah. Um, And then the last hail is uh, from Sega Galactico. Uh-huh. Oh, actually, Jesse Moore from Jacksonville, Florida, who says, love when you go off topic plus jingle. Greetings, captains. Uh, I don't know that I'm a captain. I can't speak to Matt's Matt's rank. Um, love the show. Long time Myra maniac and newly. Andy, sec- you're captain of a tiny mining shuttle. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> I don't want that tiny shuttle. Sorry, that guy's a douchebag. Sorry. Oh, that's the worst. Enjoy your booze. <laughs> um, a newly secundaholic. Um, along with your various tangents, I especially love when you guys go off the rails into other science fiction and pop culture. I figured I would try my hand at a jingle mixing a few different sci-fi thingies. Hope you really like it. Uh, or really hope you like it. Um, thank you. Can <laughs> it be really both? Good. Can it be both? <laughs> we really like it. If you don't, if you only like it a little, that, that won't make me happy. I have failed. <laughs> Thanks for being one of the top five podcasts across the galaxy. How did this get assim- assimilated? It's pretty darn good. And then parentheses, not a real podcast. Um, and did this get assimilated? Here is the jingle that Jesse sent us. Doctor Spock from Star Wars. <laughs> I like it. Is that from? I don't know. Um, uh, that's either from Red Dwarf or it's from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I think it's from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that theme let me play the oh i thought you were talking about the dr spock from star wars no that's graham norton when i think graham norton late night television program over there he's a what do they call them over there presenter when i think um, okay. patrick stewart we was don't on need it there i have it patrick stewart was on uh on graham norton yeah no i was wrong that sounds very George Harrison-y. Who did Possibly. that score? I don't know. Look it up. 
I'm, I'm looking up the thing. You're the one looking things up. All right, You're the I'll looker-upper. Look what is the next segment of this show so I can know what we're doing? Uh, Jesus, what are you getting so antsy for? Well, I just think We're only that... in the first hour and a half. Well, we're in the first uh, 30 minutes for another 25 seconds. All right. Um, <laughs> the, um, the next uh, section. Well, that's it. We're out of the hills. Oh, great job. Guys, good hails. Good mm-hmm. hails all around. Hang on a second. Let me get us out of the house. <laughs> you know we can't leave unless you get us no, out of them. I can't. I know. Andy, we're stuck in here until you can literally, until you can get us out of here. I got it. What if we can't get out of here ever? Oh, thank God. I didn't think we were going to get out of there. Me neither. Andy? Yeah? It's time for something else? Um, we Now we do this day in Trek, Matt. Oh, that's... I feel good about that. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> I don't understand. How does this work? <laughs> Uh, face group, I still have yet to make my return. I miss you guys. Someday soon, I'll be back. If you want to join the face group, it's facebook.com forward slash groups or something. I don't know. Go to Facebook, type in Star Trek The Next Conversation. It'll be there. And it'll be there. It's run handily by Rob Garrison, uh, who is our chief petty officer and, quite frankly, love of our life. A little bit. Yeah. We definitely have minor crushes on him, at uh, least. Minor crushers. Speaking minor of minor crushers, crushers it's time to talk about the final mission. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some card out there that says, I got a crusher on you with oh, a picture of, of one of the crushers. If there isn't, there will be now. Okay, Andy, this is Final Mission, production number 183, aired the week of November 19th, 1990. What was happening? Matt, Love yeah. Takes Time by Mariah Carey. Still number one? Took the lead on the U.S. Airways. This is Am amazing. The right era, the right, yeah, it was, yeah. No, look, she could have oh, had a number one hit for a long period of time. Was the Righteous Brothers still kicking it over in the U.K.? It was. Wow. Which Guys, change your tastes. Uh, U.K. listeners are still preferred. Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. Lady Boss by Jackie Collins was a bestseller. And sure. get a load of this, Matt. Home Alone began its holiday box office domination. Debuting at number one with a $27 million opening week take. Barry Bonds won the first of his seven career uh, Major League Baseball MVP awards. Um, I see. I don't think he should have gotten that. He didn't. He wasn't responsible for the ship being saved. No, no. P. Oh, right. Nazi. Um, over 30 world leaders, including U.S. President Bush, convened in Paris to commemorate the formal end of the Cold War by signing the Charter of Paris for New Europe. Um, Nintendo released the Super Famicom. Famicom 16-bit home video game system in Japan. Oh, that would be later become the Super Nintendo, right? Yes, and it would introduce Yoshi as Mario's new sidekick in Super Mario World. Uh, Time Magazine's cover featured a photo of the House of Representatives chamber with the caption, The Untouchables, America's America's vote. Oh, man, I am... I'm really, honestly, I'm as terrible as I usually am. So... Only worse when we point it out and pause for it, Andy, which is something I do all the time, and uh, I have to get better about it. Have you complaints from people or not? No, no, no. Just for the flow of, like, yeah. I always do the same thing you're doing. Yeah. America's voters said no to politics as usual, so why are 96% the people... note that Mariah Carey was hitting behind the lead vocal was insane. Yeah. Do you want to go back for it? Was like a, it was like a... No. I think everyone should just uh, appreciate her vocal talents. Again, I don't know if we could turn this into Mariah Minute, but look, you want a talented singer who can really just uh, craft a number one hit, then you look no further than Mariah Carey. Was she heavily involved in the writing of all her own songs? I feel like she was, yeah. 
Huh. Certainly has a writing credit on her amazingly popular Christmas tune, which probably makes her most of her money. Interesting. All I want for Christmas is uh, that's, you. I think that's one of the greatest songs of all time. It's a fucking fantastic uh, <laughs> Christmas but, tune. But aside the Christmas tune, I think it's one of the greatest songs. Oh, wow, that is a bold statement. Yeah. It's so satisfying. What about White Christmas? I think, I think it's more satisfying than White Christmas. Wow. Might not just be my era, but... Sorry, Mel Torme. <laughs> I guess White Christmas has its place. <laughs> sure. Wait, was Mel Torme, did Mel Torme write White Christmas or the Christmas song? I think Mel Torme wrote the Christmas song. Uh, again, Andy who looks things up for us is uh, indisposed at the second, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna look it up myself. Uh, so, Andy, this is the final mission, which was directed by Corey Allen, has a teleplay by Casey Arnold Ince and Jerry Taylor in a story by Casey Arnold Ince. Uh, so he uh, wrote the Christmas song. Wow. He did. You know what? It's the second week of November for these people listening, so why not bring in a little Christmas spirit? <laughs> wow, you're really getting it started early. <laughs> Dressed up like Eskimos. Judy Garland and Mel Torme. Everybody knows. A turkey and some mistletoe. The Velvet Fog? Yeah. Harry Anderson's. That's all I know it from. <laughs> Night Court uh, Bo. He was on a Night Court. Or two, I think. As himself. I think the Hitchhiker's, uh, another di- further digression, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy theme was composed by Bernie Leadon, once a member of the Eagles. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, sing it, guys. Boy, it's a pretty weird time to be listening to a Star Trek podcast. <laughs> Okie dokie. And guys. here is your Red Dwarf theme. <laughs> Skip ahead. I know what that other theme is. It's not this either. Do you, do you want a guaranteed answer? Oh, I think that is what it was. You could also just email him right now uh-huh. from our email account, and he'll email back. I guarantee you before we're done. Okay. If you wanted to, I'm pretty if, sure. Like that... you didn't want to figure it out on your own. Like yeah. last night, uh, we were I was at, we were at a party, and I we were talking about uh, uh, Ozzy uh, Davis. Yeah, and we couldn't pull his last name, and it was killing us. And we couldn't use a uh, phone to Google it. It was a self-imposed restriction. Oh yeah, that that happens more and more. That happened with me last night too. I'm trying to remember. You had a self-imposed it. restriction on on the phone. I love it. I love it because you're just like, why? Why can't we just go back to 12 years ago when we couldn't Google everything? Uh, it was a red dwarf theme. He didn't answer it. It was in the email. (laughs) Jesus. Jeez Louise. I didn't see it. It was at the bottom. Okay. (laughs) You know what's funny is he was the one screaming at the computer. It's at the bottom. You idiots. Scroll down. Don't email me. Don't at me. Okay. Here's the plot. Okay. Wesley has finally been accepted into Starfleet Academy, but before he leaves, he is to accompany Captain Picard on one last mission. They've been sent to mediate a miners' dispute, but the rattle trap of a shuttle sent for them malfunctions, and they crash land on a desert moon. Their pilot, Durgo, overconfident of his own planning and leadership abilities, didn't stock water, so the trio is forced to set out for some distant caves. Meanwhile, the Enterprise is summoned to remove an old garbage scow that is leaking radiation into a planet's atmosphere. 
Crash landing survivors finally find a fountain, but it's guarded by an energy sentry. An impatient Durgo causes a rock slide that wounds Picard, then bullies Wesley into an attack on the sentry that results in Durgo's death. Riker and the crew struggle to finish their job. They struggle to finish their job and then go hunt for the missing shipmates. Meanwhile, Wesley works to keep Picard alive while figuring out a way to defeat the sentry. After forging new bonds with his nearly uh, comatose captain, he does both, keeping himself and Picard alive until the rescue finally comes. There we go. It's time, everybody, to check it out. It's final mission. I'm asking very. Well, that is not what I'm this hearing. Is this is Picard this is also this is a lot of things. I don't happening. like that. They added this weird thing to Netflix where, like, every time you flick to the the Star Trek page, it goes to Patrick Stewart talking. It's well, very I intrusive. Mean, look, if someone's going to talk, why wouldn't it be Patrick Stewart? I'm not, I don't have a problem no, with him Andy, being it seems the choice. Like you do. I mean, who would you have chosen? I just I wanted just you know sometimes I want to quietly put on the thing and not have a big loud uh, you trumpeting call, Patrick Stewart voice. Well, I mean, he'd be a tubing on our show. Boom. Oh boy, a little quieter than I wanted it to be. Where I've been asked to mediate a dispute among the Salonite miners, a contentious group, unfortunately prone to violence. By the way, I wish he was going to uh, a dispute with the miners. Yeah. M I N O R S. Like he was brought in to mediate a child dispute with parents. They are very petulant. We must contact the Federation. We're going to be grounded for weeks if we don't. <laughs> I'd watch that episode. That'd be great. But first, I must deal with a situation. That old of a TOS one where he goes down to the planet of the yes. children. Probably Mir- many of them. Mir- is there more than one? Mirror. No, Mirror. Mirror was No, there. no. Mirai? The, the name of the character. My- Myri? Like, I feel like I just remember it from a kid as it being very close to my last name. Oh, yeah. The, I think there is a character named Miri. Yeah. It. She's the reasonable one, I think, in the episode. Mr. Crosser, I summoned you almost ten minutes ago. Sir, I'm sorry. I was in the middle of a very important experiment. I was using some very volatile compounds. I couldn't just leave them Excuse lying me, out. Mr. Crusher. No, sir, I was just attempting to offer because an explanation. Because I can assure you that will not go down well at Starfleet Academy. Yes, sir, I'm aware of that. This is great. This episode has me right off the bat. The Academy? He's going to the Academy. I just received a message. It's all he wants. Why? He's an acting ensign already. He doesn't need no, to go part, to the Academy. That part does make no sense. He's already a fucking officer on board the Federation flagship who is now on a fast track to captaincy. Somebody addressed. Now we're going to take four and a half years off for you to go to the Academy? So Here, you let me can put do it to you in show business learning? terms, Matt. Yes, Andy. Um... Because I think someone, I don't know if it was in the face group, somebody addressed this. Um, and if you if you sent it to me in hail, just hit me again and I'll mention your name. Okay? You'll get your name mentioned. Uh, whatever the case, my point was going to be, um, like, I was so hot out of the gate as a writer in Hollywood that I was selling pilots and, you know, and I jumped all the way up the ladder to a co-executive producer and a creator of shows but i hadn't i hadn't done my work where i was slowly building you know through the system and uh, and on staff on a show so i had to go back and then be on staff to kind of build up credibility as someone who could run a show well when will that credibility finally yes well that's where the fruition, that's Andy. where the argument falls apart is that i'm i'm not uh, i'm not being given the show that i deserve look uh, i disagree you have been given the show you deserve oh jesus 
That's a sad thought. Uh, and it is this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she expects you to report him to Oh, but anyway, the point was that also with Wesley, possibly, it's like, well, yeah, that, we, what do we, yeah, he's on the Enterprise, but uh, I'm not going to put him on the, you know, the ship. The, the, the Excelsior. The, the Excelsior, sure. <laughs> That's not, probably not still around, huh? No, but the, certainly the Excelsior class ship is An Excelsior still, class, right? Yeah, like the Bradbury is an Excelsior class. So like the Bradbury. Like I, we don't want him on the Bradbury. We don't know what his actual skills are. He didn't even go to Starfleet Academy, and that's the reason he's so obsessed with going to Starfleet Academy, to have more career options. Although, clearly, he only wants to be on the Enterprise, so that's where that falls apart. Look, it truly falls apart with uh, the fact that Wesley just, or rather, Will just was like, eh, I'm going to go. Yeah. Has opened up this year's class. Thank you. Now, you're going to have to work overtime in order to catch up, but I have assured the Admiral that you are capable of it. Please don't make a liar out of me. Oh, no, sir, I won't. Well, for your final mission on board the Enterprise, you will accompany me to Pentaurus 5 while I try to sort out the problems with the miners. <laughs> it's still funny to me. Hey, really? Let's get. I think they are demanding uh, extra ice cream at every sitting. Yeah, then they can't have it until they've done their chores. Perhaps if we lighten their load in chores, the parents will be more agreeable to <laughs> ice cream. Wow, Captain, you're really good at mediating this dispute. Well, Rikers told me that you have been studying the effects. I wonder what happens to this. They never get there. <laughs> on Federation law, what better way to get first-hand experience, Captain? I what happens with the miners? I'm picking up a general distress signal from Gamelon Five. On screen. Please, does anyone read us? Open a channel. Do you know how these systems work? You I don't have to yell. Picard of the Federation Starship Enterprise. Captain, I am Chairman Sanji of Gamelin 5. An unidentified spacecraft has entered orbit above... Looks a lot like the uh, alien species. It sounds like the actress uh, from uh, Q... Uh, Q who? Not Q who. Q why? What was, the, what was the Q1 at the beginning of this season or last season where Data Q gets his powers taken away? Um, you know what I'm talking about. It had to be another Q pun, right? <laughs> it's the you know where the moon is uh, sh- losing orbit and uh, sure, sure, you know it. Yeah, everyone at home knows it. The actress's name is Kim Hamilton. She was in uh, an episode of Buck Rogers. Uh, only one episode of Star Trek. Oh, really? Sorry. Oh. Um, she was in Give Me a Break. Give Me a Break. Riptide. Give Matt Houston. Riptide. All the favorites. St. Elsewhere. St. It's interesting how a lot, of, a lot of actors... I, I think there was more of a, of a segmentation between TV actors and, and movie actors in those days. If you were in TV, it was, <laughs> yes, it was like... considered was. It was considered low rent. Andy. Boy, has that turned around. It really has, thanks to Julia Roberts' new job as TV actress. I'm, like, jumping around like a crazy person. But I believe I found the answer. This is what I will say about this this alien. Yeah. Chairman Sangi. Looks um, a lot like a Thundercat. We've seen a lot. I was That is flattering, I would say. I feel like we've seen, you know, you have a lot of the you know little ridges on the... Deja Q. I'm so sorry. She was in it? That was the name of the episode. Oh, but she wasn't in that. No. Um, this is, and I feel like, you know, no matter how weird the aliens look, they always sort of make them symmetrical, and they're like, oh, okay, well, it's purple, or it's, you know, got ridges, or whatever. This is one of the grossest-looking humanoid aliens. I've, it's like, 
got weird warts on its face and and discolorations and and it's got like a piece of flesh connecting its top lip to its bottom lip. I'm in. I'm into it. <laughs> You're attracted to it. You mean? Sure. We're <laughs> alone there, pal. Our planet. Look at Radiation it. levels in our atmosphere have increased by three thousand percent. The unnecessary get- shouting isn't helping it either. What if she? didn't look like that until this radiation started showing up. Oh. <laughs> we'll never know. We under attack, but the ship I used to be beautiful. We are a peaceful planet. We have no ability to defend ourselves. Please, can you help us? Mr. Data, we close enough for a scan. I don't think no, anyone sir. explained to the actors how communicators work in the future. That sector? Well, that's Negative really man. on the director. Yeah. Chairman Sanjay, we'll proceed immediately to your planet. He's starting to yell Thank too. You, I mean, we don't know where the microphone right is. The Enterprise and investigate the problem. Ensign Crusher and I will proceed to Pentalis Five. The miners have sent a shuttle, which will leave in ten minutes. Yes, sir. Why did the miners send a shuttle anyway? Why aren't they? Well, on the look, end? they have to be twenty-four years old to actually rent a shuttle themselves. <laughs> <laughs> this is my new bit. <laughs> but why don't they just send an Enterprise shuttle? Um, because then the story wouldn't yeah, work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they could have just had a, sh- a shuttlecraft crash anyway. Yeah, but you need the weird the captain guy. guy who has uh, authority problems and then thinks too highly of himself. Major character, that guy. You know, I've noticed here that your maneuvering thrusters are rigged in a configuration I've never seen before. It's my own modification. It's more efficient. You can study it if you want. Excuse me, Captain. The United Federation of Planet Predator. Why is why is Borgiorgi already annoyed at the guy? The guy later acts in a way that that justifies his being annoyed. Did right? he seem annoyed? It's like, excuse me. It sort of seemed like he was a little annoyed. Well, I mean, it's like, why do I want your weird Jerry rig specifications? Yeah, I guess that's valid. I run I'm, I run the Enterprise, right? But I won't make any claims as to its comfort, Captain Picard. Captain Durgo of the shuttlecraft Nenebek. Ah, Captain. It's good to meet you. Captain of a mining shuttle? Yes, Ensign. Captain. I mean, that's just rude of Wesley. He should know. Also, he's really not good at sensing how far he is from people. He's like leaning over to Jordy to say it's Jordy and it's like well within earshot. I'm going to lean over to you but project my voice towards the person I'm talking about. Couldn't be more snotty about it. My ship isn't pretty. She isn't big. But we've logged almost 10,000 hours together. Oh yes, she seems a very a very sturdy craft. Even Picard can't summon up the bullshit. Um... No, he can't. Captain, will you take arms? I'll let Ensign Crusher perform that task. I have to study up on Regalian law. He's annoyed there. Why wouldn't he just uh, download the audiobook? <laughs> I have a stack of 19 pads. That's how it works in the future. Oh, boy. It loses navigation, and it's going down fast, and then we go to the... Boom, that's the cold open. Andy likes the cold open. Andy likes everything about this episode so far. I enjoy it. I, You know, I really enjoyed the uh, the action. I enjoyed the uh, effects. Um, <laughs> uh, here's an 
interesting thing is that whenever you see one of the small ship, like crappy ships that yeah. aren't one of the major superpowers, like the sure. Romulans or whatever, yeah. they feel mm-hmm. like a crappy 80s sci-fi show. Like a like a kind of low rent sci fi show, well, you know, whereas all the big ones feel like, oh, that is some great because Bakuda they build design. it. They build it for uh, well, Probert too, but they oh, build Probert. it because uh, they build them to be used over and over again. Uh-huh. These they like the Warbird and the Bird of Prey, etc. So they just know they're going to come back to it. Yeah, so, so they're going to spend the, the time to build. The no, ones. but they're building a giant four foot model, six foot model of mm-hmm. those ships because they need to shoot them from many angles. But the little guys, they don't have to take as much time with. I see. I feel like there's a decision of like, well, this isn't the Federation, so we're going to make it crappy and piratey. And well, this one is crappy and piratey for the story, right? I feel like whenever uh, I'm going to make this, I'm going to say this. So you oh, tell me how you feel. Do we about have it. an Andy's bold statement jingle? You <laughs> should. I feel like I'm, it's going to be a little bold. But anyway, I feel like every time the Star Trek mythology steps out of the sort of classy Federation or Klingon or Romulan sort of, you know, just familiar races that they've built up what the culture is like like into the legacy world like into like like oh it's a this is a rough bar like they're trying to do a Tantooine thing Tantooine thing um it feels crappy and low rent and badly written remember when Kirk Tantooine is what is uh, sorry in the the, in Mos Eisley the bar that's on Tatooine Tatooine (laughs) See. Boy, oh boy. Star Wars fan Andy Secunda. Oh, I hate you. Coming through and not the pinch here. What's going on with it you, It was Andy? locked into my head when I was a child and I have trouble. That's why I always stumble on But, it. like, a couple people say it in the movie like that, right? Possibly. Like, it's the whole Leia Leia thing. Oh. Like, you know how they say they it in the movie? Like, they're like, wait, which one are we? <laughs> She's a princess. Mom, we should know this. You know, it's fine. Just, just keep rolling. <laughs> All right, George. <laughs> um... Anyway, Han, Han, I don't know. And I'm, I'm working on the model. I got this. What do you think of this? It's like uh, James Bond, but like with a cowboy hat and in the 30s. I'll be in the editing world. I'll, I gotta go. I'll be ruining this movie in editing. <laughs> oh, that's not true. He's a genius in editing. Can't take that away from him. Lucas? Lucas, absolutely. Do you know what that first cut of Star Wars was like? Watch the documentary on the editing of Star Wars and the three people who had to fix that movie. Oh, they're putting it on Marshall Lucas's fixing it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, they had to. I thought like, his primary they, skill was first, editing. Well, that's his not primary his, skill seems I read to his be biography. a genre that is amazing. I read his biography when I was a kid. and um, Andy, that was probably like one of these, you know, biographies of like, uh, yeah, 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 that was me. Sure, sure, sure. Whatever, kid. I gotta go. I'm busy. Just a kiss-up job? Yeah. Well, maybe. Anyway, this actor is... Durgo is Nick Tate, originally from Australia. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he was in a lot of Space 1999s as Alan Carter. Um, he, was in, he was in a show called Spy Force that I would love to know what that is. Boy, should we reboot that, too? Let's pay, maybe. I, have to, I really have to pee. So I'm going to like either allow you to continue the podcast on your own, see what that's like, or uh-huh. we'll pause it and I'll come back. And yeah, we can pause it. 
and he could not take command. Uh, of the I ship. could do it. He Give it to take me. Command of the Let's ship when, do it. When the when the situation was forget it. I'll take it. Go so and you, pee. You know, you can just hit the space bar, and that'll that'll play whatever you need to play, and uh, then you well, can I, say I, your I'm little. Not clips. be playing any clips. That's your oh, area. Andy. I really wanted you to take full control. Anyway, uh, Andy, you have the con. I'll be right back. I gotta hit the head. Okay. Anyway, I was looking at this thing called Spy Force, which is an Australian intelligence officer show during World War II. That sounds great. Uh, I think there were only four. No? There were three seasons. Jeez. This was a whole big thing. I think. No. I thought that somebody better would have been in it. Um, Whatever the case, that's one of the things he was in. This Nick Tate. This handsome Australian. Space 1999, the man, <laughs> he's in a thing called The Man from Sex, S-E-X. <laughs> that has to be a parody of a spy movie. A British secret agent sent to America to rescue a nobleman comes up against an evil genius who is replacing people in important positions with clones who will do his bidding. Why is it sex? <laughs> Are they having sex with the clones? Um, I'm curious about that, too. Maybe I should start a my own spy podcast guys i'm gonna start a, an offshoot of james bonding it's gonna be uh james aloning um and it'll just be a monologue of me talking about james bond for an hour he was also in um special squad he was in a lot of 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 genre shows patrol boat um dolphin cove Anybody knows what that is? Red Planet sounds like sci-fi. He was in Farscape. A lot of you have been asking for the Farscape pilot for us to watch that. I'm not the holdup, guys. I'm not the holdup on almost anything. Um, let's see. That's about it for anything of interest. Oh, and he was in the blacklist. Um, and I think he uh, he ends in a pretty good uh, a pretty good uh, performance in this. Especially and because he's not using his own accent, Andy. It's true. You know how hard it is to do an Australian accent normally. No, it's not not a problem at all. God. I don't know what the hell that was. We're losing patrons. But they don't pay for Australian this ones. I mean, <laughs> class M barely. The mean surface temperature is fifty-five degrees Celsius. Life forms indicated. A uh, negative, but scanning is limited. There's a very strong magnetic field around the surface. We don't have a choice. Didn't that music feel Star Warsy? I think anytime you're in space and there's tension, it's gonna feel Star Wars. <laughs> I don't agree. They're doing an alien. It doesn't sound anything like Star Wars. That's true. That's tension. Andy got me there. This has trumpets though, just like John Williams. You're getting breaking maneuver. We're below Mark One. Bypass the thrusters now. I feel like this Weasley guy who's Get, constantly getting mad about stuff would have been a good part for me back in the day. Uh, it's not too late. I think that they can per- certainly use a Weasley guy now in Star Trek. Okay, great. Hey, if you're putting together that Picard show, please stick me in. Is that the only one you'll do? No, I'd be on Discovery. I love Discovery. <laughs> I'd be on it. That's what you said. That's yeah. how you said it, Andy. That's how I said it, and I stand by it. This seems very hot. <laughs> do you think they shot it in Death Valley? I bet. I bet. Uh, I do wonder. I will say this: I think there's one shot. Well, I think when they're walking away, that you can see the tracks of the uh, the crew cars. 
That was funny. That was a little blooper blunder. Oh, the transportation department was really... Oh, boy, Transpo really bit the big one on that. <laughs> Food and water? The replicator. Damage beyond repair. My oh boy. Surely you have emergency supplies. This isn't a starship. I have to choose what I carry. I carry alcohol. Are you telling me there's no water? I mean, in fairness, he never explicitly says there's no water. He just sighs. <laughs> he just says, uh, you know. He doesn't have water. That's alcohol he's carrying. I know. But he still doesn't really ever answer the question. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the Enterprise... Would you like that? Some sort of uh, overdub? Meanwhile, on the Enterprise? (laughs) (laughs) At least a wipe something. Some sort of uh, Star Wars-style wipe? Indeterminate. Propulsion appears to employ a gaseous core fission reactor, but it is not functioning. The radiation levels from that ship are off the scale. Could that be leakage from their engines? No, sir. Engine reactor elements appear to have been inactive for approximately 300 years. The vessel is carrying various unstable waste products. You mean it's a garbage scout? Precisely. Mr. Worf, open hailing frequency. You think, uh, Chairman Sanji. This you is think Data just uh, board, doesn't, doesn't know the term garbage scout, or he just wanted to sound like Data? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, Ensign Tess Allenby gets a lot of action. Um, at the helm. Does she have lines? She does. Oh, I guess I like obtrusively yes, so. Oh boy, I can't wait to pay more attention. She's in all the central shots when they they could have framed her out, and I wonder if they were like intending to, to kind of bring her in as a major character, and then they just let her sort of float away. Not yet. It's played but some by Mary Connert. We'll do our best to get it out of here as quickly as possible. Thank you, Commander. We're going to push that barge into the Gamelin sun. Sir, the Maltesian asteroid belt lies between here and the sun. Then we'll take it in ourselves. We'll use our deflectors to clear a path through the asteroids. I don't like the idea of getting close enough to that barge to tow it. The radiation levels are so high, we'd be risking the contamination of the entire crew. Do you have a better idea, Jordy? We could send a construction module over to attach thrusters to it. Then we could direct it through the asteroid belt from a safe distance. Commander, a message from the mining settlement on Pintaris 5. I like that plan, by the way. Uh-huh. That should work. I don't know why it doesn't work. Probably because of the radiation. Shuttlecraft carrying Captain Picard has to not get us arrived. through another act. They left here in <laughs> 0800 hours. They have asked if we are beginning a search. Andy, had you played that miner, Captain, I, I would know why they were late. I wouldn't think anything of it. <laughs> they oh, left at 0800. Andy yeah, delayed. Right? I mean, yeah. look, it's, what are you going to do? Did he send you a text? <laughs> he did, but then it wasn't clear on what time we're. Um, this is an interesting. An emergency situation. An interesting yeah. side thing. Mary Conert, who played Alan B. Ensign Alan B. She has uh, several different uh, um, roles leading up to this. One, one Mr. Baseball in Mr. Baseball as a player's wife 
And then she has these three episodes of Next Generation, and that's it. Okay. That's her career. In Hollywood. Or in television. In, I mean, you don't... In television. No, I'm not saying she... Don't, like, I'm minimize not saying she, the person. She removed herself from society, I'm just saying. I feel like you might be saying that. Uh, no. Mandy, come I on. Wonder, wonder what happened. wonder if it was, you know, freaks screamed at her one day and I was like, oh, I can't do this. Wouldn't have been freaks. He's the nicest person on earth. Yeah, I don't see him really screaming at anybody. Except Could have been... Who's, I don't the know. Who are the Who's the hottest? Who are the temper? hotheads out there? Yeah, where are my hotheads at? <laughs> search as soon as we've completed that. Aye, sir. Mister LaForge, prepare to launch the construction module. I'd like to get this over with as fast as possible. I like the cut to Beverly. That was a pan. Sorry. Yes. Correct. Um, but also, like, it's like a remember. That's her song. <laughs> that's like that's what that does. It's like, but I like that. All right, I like that. It's not stated until a few scenes later. Any luck with the tricorder engine? I think so, sir. The scanning range may be a bit limited, but it's better than nothing. These were on board, Captain. They're working. Excellent. Our communicators may not be able to get a signal through this. I like those, uh, like Star Trek Two era phasers. Yeah, right it's there. neat. Old school phasers. Uh, oh, actually, from Star Trek Three. Mm. Trek continuity touches. This is from Larry Nemechek's book. Uh, include Dergo's use of old model pistol phasers from Star Trek Three. Mention of the shuttle's duranium hull, yeah. and the Hyrolean first described in 1968's The Deadly Years as a treatment of radiation sickness. Interesting. Huh. All right. Well, I had a good time reading that to you, everybody. Stronger magnetic field. I'm fashioning an arrow. If a search party finds the wreckage, they'll know that we've headed for those mountains. Are you crazy? They're too far away. We'll never make it. I can't survive in this sun. Where there's mountains, there's shelter. You've got no right to make the decisions. I'm the captain of this ship. If you want to get out of this, I suggest you listen to Captain Picard. <laughs> Wesley's coming in real hot. This he really is. It is like. He really is. I just don't even. I don't even know what to do with this. It's going to keep on. us Thanks. alive. That's enough. Down a notch. Here, have a gun. <laughs> Here, hot-headed youngster. You're an able pilot. I welcome your input. Do you feel that there is an alternative we're overlooking? The real smart move by Picard. Well, I, I mean, I, I like being in the ship. No, it's pretty cool in there. <laughs> Very well. That's where all my porn is. Steady pace, not a brisk one. We need to ration our energy. Try breathing through your nose. That way, it will help to prevent dehydration. I'll lead. Captain Durga, will you bring up the rear? Okay, so. I'm bored by this episode. I'm interested. How so? Uh, oh, I, I see. Like, uh, anyway, go ahead. I don't. I'm not crazy about the Durgo characterization. I feel like I, the, the performance is fine, but I just feel like it's 
they could have done something a little bit more interesting, and he's a little bit just more like a prop of bad decisions. Like a what? Like what? What, what would you have changed? Or maybe it made him a little bit more shifty. You know, they sort of hinted a certain point when they reveal the alcohol that he was hoarding water, and like I like the idea that he maybe he is actively working against them, or is a little bit more of a pirate, and there's more of a direct threat. But there's no clear indication that he's actually he's not i mean he's not a pirate he's been sent by the colony i'm saying maybe that could have been a choice that was made i'm you're asking me what else could have been done and i'm saying i feel like his character doesn't really progress anywhere or make himself to be i mean he's a larger threat because the situation worsens but you know i don't know it just doesn't go anywhere that much with his character that being said uh i like seeing wesley and picard in this situation, especially Picard, seeing him have to handle the situation we've never seen him in and see that he's just as much of a cool customer in this situation. I like that they're on this desert planet. I like that there's a crash landing. Mm. Mm. I like all this stuff. Oops, sorry. I uh, like that it's like Tantooine. Oh no, Andy, it's wrong. Waiting for us? I'm not sure what it is. It just keeps registering as a repeating energy pattern. Anson, are you suggesting that this energy is not naturally occurring? These readings could be indicative of some electromagnetic properties in the rocks, but I don't think so. Life form. It's possible. The pattern is fairly organized. Do you think? I wonder how much of that was ADR, because you know it seems pretty windy out there. Well, they probably added the wind. They're in the dry lake bed in uh, San Bernardino County at the El Mirage Dry Lake Bed. Matt, let's go. We'll visit the scene of the crime. Our caves formed by water. I'll dress as Durgo. You can dress as Wesley. This could be created by Vulcan. Why, why, why do we have to go in costume, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> what do you mean? It's relive the past. It's alcohol. It's medicinal. It's for emergencies. I was going to share it with you. This wouldn't quench our thirst. It would make it worse. Well, I'll take my chances. I'm going to let you waste this. This is more valuable to us as a coolant, a disinfectant. It's mine. Mr. Crusher, stow that with the medical supplies. Keep your eye on it. All right, we're going to explore the cave. Mr. Crusher, look out for any signs of water, no matter how faint. Captain Dago, will you lead the way? I mean, there are signs of stairs. <laughs> it's valid. <laughs> no mention of them. Look at these naturally occurring... Perfect, sharply perfectly defined stairs. <laughs> this is an ancient stoop. This, if you hit this with a ball, it was a triple in neighborhood stickball in this old civilization. <laughs> it's a stoop tradition. <laughs> you know... There are many reasons why the shuttlecraft may have been delayed. Andy was the pilot. Deanna, thank you. But I'm all right. They went on a digression about Rich Little. now, I have work to do. (laughs) Why won't she just let me counsel her? That's the look. That's true. That's, I guess, she... That's exactly what Troy is doing in in the late next episode. I'm skipping ahead. Stop skipping ahead. The miners report they have very few operable shuttlecraft. They want to know when we will be joining the search. Tell them to stand by. If this works, we'll be on our way. Aye, sir. Thrusters are attached and ready, Commander. Initiate pre-fire sequence. Pre-fire sequence. Q, Q, Q. Thrusters to stand by. Fire thrusters. 
Gradual acceleration to 40% power. Oh no, they blew right off. Module, correcting thrust vectors to compensate. By the way, here's what I'd do. <laughs> yeah. If I'm if I'm captain of this vessel at this point. Okay. I go, Jordy, is there any way to tie in a couple of shuttlecraft uh, piloting mechanisms through the con here? Yes, uh, Commander, there is. Great. Uh, What I want you to do is take Galileo and blah, 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 whatever the other ship is. Right, Uh, the shuttlecrafts. I want you to autopilot them to the back of that scow, and we are going to push. But the whole issue was the radiation. They didn't want to get that close. No, no. That's why we're autopiloting from the bridge. Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, it's not really autopilot. It's, we're piloting them from the bridge. That would have been a good solution. <sighs> Someday I'll get my own Was it too big, maybe, for the shuttlecraft to move? These thrusters were going to do it. Yeah. Shuttlecraft has warp capability. Totally valid. The integrity of the barge has been compromised. Disintegration is continuing. Shut down thrusters. Ensign, take us to 1,000 meters ahead of the barge and hold. Maybe that's the answer, though. Maybe it's She's the... To uh, talk. I'll hit play and you'll let her, we'll let her talk. Give Alan B. her moment. Um, but maybe that's it. Maybe if they had pushed with shuttlecrafts, it would have fallen apart and then spilled all the radiation all over the planet, killing everyone. Possibly. So maybe that's why they didn't do it. Could have been. Andy, I rescind my solution. Fair. External radiation levels increasing, sir. Coming into position at 1,000 meters. Warp, extend the shields around the ship. Lock on the tractor. I mean, look at that. Delivering the line straight ahead. I liked it. Yeah? I thought she was she's good. paying attention to what she's doing. Yeah. She's Although, a, I mean, you don't really look up that She's a perfect second second tier character like that's not really distracting I thought you found her distracting no I said she was oh yeah I guess I did say obtrusive um uh I don't know (laughs) I don't care (laughs) why are we watching every episode of the show Matt (laughs) oh Jesus how many how many more do we have look I've been talking about doing one for a long time you somehow suckered your way into this oh no and you're stuck (laughs) I just got caught in an argument that I realized I don't care about if you get rid of these arguments that you don't care about the show we don't have anything this reminded me very much of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The spirit uh, thingies flying around there. I wonder if ILM had a hand in this one. I think they had plenty of hands in plenty of things. I don't know. But that, by the way, good. Uh, usually when rocks fall on... Uh, Not convincing. Uh, and here it convincing. Uh, yeah, I yeah. agree entirely. Totally. This episode, by the way, with that rock situation that just happened, yeah. it, it automatically gets a .5 bump on the Andes for me. Okay. Good rock effects, To achieve guys. something that has never happened in Star Trek to this point. Mm. I mean, look. The only other times we really see rocks are... Uh, you know, when you're fighting a Gorn, or uh, sure, when they come out of the <laughs> controls for no reason in a battle. That's that one. <laughs> Just tiny rocks. You know, whenever there's explosion on the bridge or oh, something, sure. they put like tiny foam rocks in there too. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's chaff. This, what do you What do you got in there? Uh, what do we got to make this explosion uh, look better? And then the prop department goes, ah, I got these pieces of fake rock. <laughs> All right, put that in. <laughs> we don't have time. We got to shoot this. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, this is some good breathing. How bad is it? It's like Xavier. Your right leg is broken. And Logan. Your left leg is gone. Fracture in your left arm. 
and your penis is missing. You took a blow to the head. And then he'd be like, what? And I'd be like, I'm kidding. It's just your leg is broken. I just wanted to make you feel better about that. But your winning <laughs> so smile. So I said all of these things. Your winning smile has survived. Oh, well, that's never going to go anywhere. That can't fade. It's Patrick Stewart. No, he's not, sir. You're going to be fine. Wesley, you are going to have to keep a, a rein on Durgo. He's willful, stubborn, and it's dangerous. You'll handle him, sir. Wesley, listen to me. I have no feeling in my right leg. My vision is blurred. I'm going to get worse, not better. Kiss me. What? Captain. All right. Is Beverly's hair different in this episode? I don't I know. Folks, I feel like she had a shorter, she had a shorter haircut uh, to start the season, I Maybe believe. You know, and I think over time it's grown. Just grown up. Mr. Data, at our current speed, how long will it take us to get through the asteroid belt? 51 minutes, 14 seconds, sir. There's going to be a lot of casualties if we can't get there any faster. Mr. LaForge, how much more can we get out of that tractor beam? We're already at the maximum limits of our towing speed, Commander. Let's see if we can establish a new upper limit. Yes, sir. Data, monitor the shearing effect on the beam, increasing to one half impulse. We'll say this. Uh, I'm obviously on record hammering Beverly Crusher constantly. Uh, You know, in this episode, she is ignoring her son being in mortal danger like a pro. She is getting down to business. Well, I think she's just finally coming terms with the separation anxiety of when he would go to the academy. She was ready to say goodbye today. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's who knows what that is. But yeah, she knows they, she's, look, she's doing her job. She always does her job. Does she do it well from time to time? We have disagreements about I'm that. I'm not undermining it right now. I'm saying she did a good job by well, staying focused on the task. Maybe if that other planet was undermining, we wouldn't have had this situation to begin with. <laughs> I, I hate myself. <laughs> Those kids. 50 millirads per minute and rising. tiny shuttlecraft. Lethal exposure in 35 minutes. All right. They're going to have lethal exposure, and that's our act break. Meanwhile, uh, Wesley finds a rock and talks about it. <laughs> I'll say the B-plot is fairly... Uh, inconsequential and pointless. It's like, uh, it seems to be an allegory for uh, Earth's pollution. We never find out what this is, do we? The what's there. stopping the uh, it just went to forty water from being touched, like some guardian of the water, but like what the civilization what is, is or anything. We've got to get to the water. If I can figure out how to manipulate the frequency, maybe I can control it. Now the sentry first appeared when you used your phaser. That means it could respond to heat or colonated energy. If you're right, we can use a phaser to lure it away. Hold on. We need to know what we're dealing with before we do anything. No, enough talking, enough thinking. It's time to do something. Oh, no. No thinking? <laughs> no like... thinking. Thinking's what's been getting us in our, getting in our way. It's a bad idea, Wesley. I ran him in. Picard told you to do something. I'll start firing. When it comes, you fire and draw it away. Thurgo, I can't. Put your phaser on automatic. Leave it on that ledge. And take cover. And what makes you think it's going to go for my phaser and not for yours? Because I'll be firing on the lowest setting. You use maximum. There is no evidence that it responds differently to higher settings. We have to figure out our options before we just... While we are doing that, your captain is dying. Wounds like that, most men would be dead already. Most men. That's right. Captain Picard is a greater man. Yeah, he's a tough He's a tough egg. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Drago dies. They go to an asteroid belt. <laughs> it slowly moves move forward. <laughs> Warning. 
lethal radiation exposure in 10 seconds. I would think you would be into this because this is all sorts of protocol and technical solutions. I will say what I love about this plot is everybody's really working together well and everybody's putting in suggestions and doing their part and figuring out the problem. It's not that interesting a problem, but it's something. (laughs) By the way, why wouldn't they just leave it in the asteroid belt? Couldn't it, like, smash apart and then radiation would be floating around? The asteroid belt that nothing lives in? No, nor grows in? People go in there? Between Han Solo the planet and the sun? Need to, be, need to escape a star destroyer? And yeah, but if it's dispersed over the entire belt, I think Han will be fine. I don't, I don't know how radiation works in the Star Wars universe. Because <laughs> there is none, because they don't have science. Whoa. Not necessary. <laughs> Very cool, Matt. Thanks, guys. I like using a phaser to heat things up. That's a good time. That was nice. Sir, Durgo is dead. I should have tried harder to stop him, but he... Captain? He just needed to die. Captain Picard? Wesley, I I killed him with my mind. Sir, stay with me. I have powers. I'm trying. Sir, do you remember when we took the shuttlecraft together to Starbase 515? No, I think that was Data. No, it was me. (laughs) Six hours alone with you? But it didn't turn out the way that I thought. I didn't have to fart. That's what he was dreading the six hours for. What is happening uh, to you I'm, I'm around the captain. Uh, uh, I think you belong on the miner's planet. <laughs> I think I'm the founder of that planet. Sir. Do you already pass out? I don't know if no we skipped knows. over it or if you played it and I was looking at my screen. No one knows this. But my favorite part of the episode is when Picard tells him... Uh, that he to find Boothby. <laughs> What's that? To find Boothby, the gardener. <laughs> oh, right. No, I like that too. Um, it's when he says that he's basically. It was a selfish act for him to bring Wesley to the planet or to the, on on this mission. Yes, because that to me is is the perfect culmination of the one eighty from him telling him to get off the bridge. Um, in the pilot that that he's so fond of him now that he has to admit that it was selfish for him to put him in danger because he so wanted to spend this last day with him it's really beautiful <laughs> I really like it a lot that is a that, nice that's the arc of their their relationship touch um and and I kind of think it's it's sort of there's been a lot of touches in recent episodes that I really like that I feel like I've always sensed were implied about this crew of people that they are very bonded and connected to each other but they always struck me as so sort of um, uh, you know uh, unemotional and uh, unexpressive that I was always sort of like I don't see it and it's like seeing moments like this really really underline it for me like how how tightly knit this crew is in a way that I feel must be very satisfying to people in the service when you're on a crew of people together 
Um, yeah, I think it's also sort of satisfying as uh, viewers of the story. Yes. You know, to get past the whole episodicness of it all and to have built these relationships. And it's something you can really only start to do with time. You know, right. it's like, you know, it's implied in the first two seasons that these people all serve and care. But, like, you really don't, until you get to build the history, you can't really uh, express it easily. That is one of the nice things about it. Not even though I, I like it much better if it is more serialized, but... Uh, one of the nice things about the way that they are forced into handling it where they can't show giant moves in the in the dynamics of the characters is that it's a little bit truer to real life where if you're in a working situation or on a crew with someone that it's like you know you can't have every week be well this is how I feel about you now it's like you gotta just keep working with the person and there's a subtle either affection or antagonism that yeah. builds or respect I really like how they handle it I've never told anyone. All of the things that I've worked for. School. My science projects. Mostly my science projects? The academy. I never wanted you to do those science projects. You've put the ship I've in danger many times. I want you to be proud of me. If there is one thing that I've learned from you, it's that you don't quit. And I'm not going to quit now. Yeah! I've seen you think yourself out of worse situations than this. And I'm going to think us out of this. You're not going to die. I'm not going to let you die. I'll get to the water. Yeah, Wesley. Oh, he hates what? it. What? I don't hate it. Anymore. Wow, I really dug it. It really got me. If only one of I mean, I understand that it's a little bit... It's a, it's a very high level of difficulty uh, moment for uh, Wheaton. But I feel like... Oh, I don't, think the acting, I don't think the acting is a problem at all. You uh, think the... You think that it's hammy? I'm what just weirdly bored by this story in a way that I don't... I didn't it's anticipate. Very surpri- it really surprises me. This is... This is a, a culmination of the boyhood dream of being friends with Picard. Maybe not yours. Did you want to be more Riker? Were you always uh, Riker down on the planet with uh, I didn't want to be friends with any of these people. But you, what? What are we talking about? No, I wanted to be them. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't want to be their friends. But you didn't want to be that. Be them. I don't have time for friends, Andy. And They're busy on the ship. Is that why you like TNG better than nobody's friends with anybody? <laughs> they don't have time for friends. That's why I like Star Trek. There are also four moons in the Antares system that could support life. Have the miners searched them? Not yet, sir. Which one is closest to the debris coordinates? Lambda Paz, one of the moons of Antares 3. Set a course, Isaac. She didn't get an eye. Singing a French song. Il fait bon. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be French. <laughs> I think I'm on to something. I've analyzed the sentry's energy patterns. Wesley, I may not make it. I've taken the transponder element from my communicator, and I've used it no. to modify my tricorder. No. I think I can use Wesley. it to interrupt the sentry's electrical Wesley. pattern. 
Stop it. But Maybe slow it down. Listen to me. Yes, sir. There's so much I wanted to tell you. The Academy. There's someone. Someone who meant a great deal to me. He's been there for... Oh, forever. Someone you must get to know. His name is Boothby. Now, you tell him that you and I were friends. Now, when I was there, he... He helped me listen to him. What does he teach? He's the groundskeeper. He's one of the wisest men I ever knew. I envy you, Wesley Crusher. You're just at the beginning of the adventure. There's a man who thinks he's at the end of his. Yeah. Little did he know. Go on. He'd make it three movies. Get the water, stay alive. Oh, sorry, four movies. They'll find you. And a whole other series. I want him to be an ambassador. I want him to be a captain again. I want him to be. You I know, don't think he's an ambassador. Doing he just, stuff. He's retired. All right. Well, he's I hope he's it, right? getting back in the action. That's. I hope I he doesn't want to. What do you want him to do? Whatever the hell Patrick Stewart wants him to do. I don't care. I honestly don't. I like. I literally don't care. Just show it to me. Like I'm like whatever. Just give it to me. I don't care. But let me see what it is and. I hope I really like it. I, well, here's what I want. I want him to be really in high-intensity danger situations where he has to use all of his Picard wiles to think his way out and think his crew ways, his crew's ways out. His crew's way out. I don't think he's going to have a crew. Uh, you know, whatever it is. Don't you want to see him as a captain or at least in some position of command? That's how you want to see Picard. I've seen him. I've seen him do it a lot. It's fascinating. I'd like to see what the evolution of Picard is. What is that... What is happening here? Something is going on. Is it the radiation from the garbage scow? Oh no, we got to push it farther. It went away. It's, I think it's weirdly the power cord. Oh, you think so? And no, no, don't. It just leave it. It stopped. Um, and the microphone maybe. I guess we'll never know for sure. Wesley. No, oh, sorry. I fell asleep again during this episode. Oh, you are down on it. Wesley. Wesley. Bear girl? <laughs> Worf. Data, you were there? <laughs> and you were there? <sighs> How do they... He doesn't do anything to make them find him, or does he? I don't remember. They put the arrow. Oh, right, the arrow. That was it. So they're Wesley, just waiting thank it God. out. Don't thank God. Thank my tricorder. I am so happy to see you. Okay. Come. How did you find us? We found the wreckage 
and the arrow which indicated your direction. We'll take Wesley by stretcher as well. No, I can walk. Doctor. We're taking you back to the Enterprise. We've stabilized your vital signs. All right, let's go now. I'm Arlington. We used to crush her. I want to have yes, a sir? moment that's in the set. It'll save us a day what are you of production. Doing in such a filthy uniform. You don't look so shipshape yourself, sir. That's great. Wesley. You will be missed. So great. Totally got me. I can't believe this didn't get you. You know, it didn't it did it, maybe it doesn't get me because it's not you know. I mean, granted, Wesley probably was secretly trying to kill Picard the whole time, and he just keeping him alive because it didn't suit his plans to uh, kill him right there. The entire ship. He sure, wants. yeah. He'll get his way in the new series. <laughs> it's just Will and Patrick Stewart. I'd why, why don't you? I didn't want to interrupt you. Why don't you think it it sort of landed with you? Uh, because I have seen the show. I see. You're just numb to it at this point. Yeah, and you know he comes back, and yeah, whatever. it's like you know, it's not a goodbye to me. It's like a, well, we'll see you next season, buddy. Not what was it? Uh, I guess well, never mind. I won't exactly. Stop um, it. Okay. Enjoy but, the emotional resonance it gave you because that's how the storytelling was supposed to be. I really enjoyed it. There you go. I really, I'm really happy to hear that you really enjoyed it, Andy. I'm really proud of us for only taking an hour to go through this episode. How much, including? Hour and a half, bro. Wow. Like a real live podcast. We, we are, are getting tight, and I am ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Loving it. <laughs> <laughs> We're making many of our listeners unhappy and many of our listeners happy because that's the way podcasts work. Here's your MVC. Can't please anyone anytime. <laughs> It's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? If you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free. Mm. Pink, blank, punk. Um, gotta be Wesley, right? Oh, who's who solves it on the ship? Jordy, everybody. Riker. Lieutenant Ashby? Ensign Al- Ashby? Allenby. Allenby? <laughs> Boothby? <laughs> Boothby? <laughs> Boothby. <laughs> Is it Derby? What's his name? D- 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 Diego? <laughs> Diagon? Diagon's Alley? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, Wesley Crusher, I think, is the most valuable crew member of the... Of I the... mean, technically he doesn't save the ship, but he saves the most important person to maybe so many future episodes that, you know, how we many always, times... Well, but we been... always talk about the MVCs who right, put the ship who in danger. the ship in danger, save the most people. Well, that's why I ask. Is that, you know, Here's what I think it would come down to. Is there one person that solves the garbage scow issue? Or, here's an... Here's an you know, here's what we have to factor in, I think. Because so many times the ship isn't as isn't in danger so then i think we have to put it on the mission instead of the danger to the ship all right mission it is 
And then if that's the case, Andy, if you're changing the rules now. However, oh boy. there was a danger to a crew member, which I think would supersede. But there was a danger to the entire crew. Radiation sickness that would have killed everybody. So I guess that's what my question is. What are you doing over there? Don't worry about it. They don't hear that. What it, one of the uh, so my question is was was it like oh we're trying to do this mission and now the whole ship is in danger and everybody's going to die and then one person figured it out. Look, I think it's clear that we should just go with the MVC of the A plot. <laughs> that seems fair. And the well, A plot is, is this is, Wesley. is this and it's Wesley Crusher. Everybody, congratulations, Wesley, for earning a an A plot uh, MVC on your own. You in, did your, in your in your in your finale as a as a crew member just before you departed, and now, the Andes. The Andes, or some other method of ranking, we're working on it. Four, four solid four, <laughs> yeah. solid low four. Yeah, it's like it's because it's weirdly one of those episodes that I never rewatch, and uh-huh. eh, it just is dull to me. It's a dull episode. I will say this: a lot of great character stuff, very good performances by Will and and Patrick Stewart. But uh, you know, it just—it just for me, it just doesn't hit where I want it to hit. I will say this: I think I was unfair to future per- imperf- imperfect, perfect. I don't know. Oh, imperfect. Yes, I do know. Why did I say I don't know? I don't Andy, know. I totally know. Uh, I think it was unfair. I think I shot a little bit low last week. I don't know if we'll have a situation where I'll reevaluate. But um, um, and on this one, I think your your sour energy about this. This episode has dragged down my, I think, my rating. Because I can't disagree with you that as we're watching this, it's like, yeah, this is a little bit of slow storytelling. But it really... Methodical slow storytelling. It's not that it's slow. I think it's purposefully slow. And I think that it achieves what it wants to achieve. I don't think you should alter your rating on my behalf. I think the element... It's not on your behalf. It's just no, how Everything I, you do is on my behalf. <laughs> you speak for me everywhere. Um, that would be bad for both of us. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, the I think the solution, the lack of a solution, not a solution, they have a solution, but the lack of like, well, what is the, you know, it seems so MacGuffin-y, the fountain in the cave. Oh, I would true. have liked at some point there to be a little discussion, particularly Picard being so obsessed with archaeology, some kind of, oh, this is, you know, I think this is tied to the blah, 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 blah blues. Um, so I would have liked something like that. Even brief. Yeah, you probably could have gotten away with like one line about that. I feel like the the captain of the what is it? Cor- Miners Miner shuttle shuttle mining is a, shuttle is a little bit one dimensional. So I would have liked that to be a little different. Um, <laughs> no, you didn't think that. You th- you wanted it to be you wanted it to be one dimensional in another way. You wanted him to be more shady and underhanded. That's one-dimensional in that way. Well, at least that's more active. You just weren't in the... It just wasn't the dimension you wanted. I agree that my solution was not necessarily... My offhanded solution was not necessarily the uh, more depthful solution. Make him a pirate! <laughs> that's Andy. That's your solution for every story. <laughs> well, I just like pirates. Oh, I'm really having trouble here breaking the story, Andy. Can you help me out? How about if he's a pirate? Oh, boy. <laughs> but... <laughs> Before Andy, it was just the Caribbean. I guess I feel like they lean into that he's going to be more trouble than he is and really he's just a loud idiot <laughs> um, anyway I'm going to give it a 6.5 uh, look I think it's a very fair grade I, uh, and really honestly a lot of it is just it really gets me at the end that connection between Picard and Wesley I, I don't think know. that's certainly worth a point on its own that well, that, uh, that speech Yeah. well I think it landed that way because that's how you feel about me <laughs> are you Picard whatever you think <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Andy, it's time for the trailer for next week. Only week's. you were dying. <laughs> Only following the trailer. Where are the falling rocks? I'm constantly almost dead. Uh, the trailer for next week's episode. This is the loss, Andy. Uh-huh. Let's find out what happens with this loss. Okay. I feel like you might have already skipped ahead and seen this, have I you? I did. Stop sorry. it, Andy. Sorry. Oops. I don't know. Don't sense anything. Whoop. Stop doing it. I don't sense what anything. What crazy music. Ah. Crippled by the devastating loss. It's time I accept the truth, Captain, and resign as ship's counselor. Helpless during an urgent call to duty. We need you. I'm absolutely lost. You have to do something. There's brain damage. I don't know what to do. Powerless in the face of destruction on Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay, so here's what's happening, I think, at this point. Okay. They're running behind the schedule uh-huh. on Star Trek The Next Generation. What episode is this? 10? I think this is 10. Yeah. Um, so they're getting these footage to, to the trailer house late. <laughs> so it has no music. <laughs> I see. So they're like, fuck, we better just attempt something in. Just which is also, I think, why a production assistant last is like, week, I'm going to put something jazzy and consinthy well, in I here. I think it's also why last week uh, we ended the charade. Yeah. Before it became charade. Somebody did a funny thing in face group for you on that. Yeah. Cool. They love you so much in face group. Right back at you guys. And if you'd like to go to our face group, um, you can go to Facebook and look up Star Trek The Next Conversation. Um, if you'd like to send us a hail, you can send it to 816-TREK-TNC. Our Instagram and our Twitter is at Star Trek TNC. The gentleman across from me is at Matt Myra. Um, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. My Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. Uh, direct hails sttncpod at gmail.com and our Patreon for bonus episodes and other content is patreon.com uh, forward slash Star Trek TNC. Uh, Andy, I think that's all fantastic. And uh, because of that, I think that we should pop back over to the greatest place on board this podcast vessel. Why not? The United Federation of Planets President's Circle. And uh, say hello to the President's Circle members. Not the President's. Here we go. Oh boy, Andy, the rain is coming, but the people are still here. This is going to be an ongoing thing. It's always raining in the president's circle. I love it. It's such a weird choice. I really, really like it because it's ridiculous. (laughs) Okay. Hey, look, if you guys don't want it and you want to vote it out, just get on the Patreon posting. They're not allowed to vote for what the holographic projection is in the week. They just choose it? Yeah. They can choose what what they want us to review. Whatever we feel like. But they don't don't get to choose what the environment of the president's circle is, huh? All right, guys. But they were instru- they they, address- don't make the they rules. just dress appropriately, guys. Armored it's usually going to be okay. You don't make the rules, sir. Okay, it's really raining now. Kristen Dees, uh, thank at- you for. Oh, do you want to do? Oh, no, sure. No, yeah, go ahead. Kristen Dees, thank you for being one of the uh, presidents. Uh, I did it again. You're not a president. Jesus. I just did the bit, and I still failed. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're in the president circle, Kristen. I'm sorry. I'm stripping you of your title that you never had. Adam Rogers says, I know how this works. I'm just visiting the club. 
Zach Fortney says, Andy Secunda is a smarty pants. He knows everything. Oh, boy. That's not at all what happened. <laughs> Melody Harris is here. Hello, Melody. Please enjoy the buffet. Oh, I'm sorry that the uh, sterno lights are uh, out. Uh, that's probably because of the rain in here. Josh Jush Monroe, you get a double mention today. <laughs> um, and uh, Nicholas Frost is here. Oh, how ironic. Mattoine is the oh, next name. That I would me. pronounce it Mattoine. I spent $17 just to make <laughs> Andy have to read that correctly. Uh, Keith Badela. Dak Pate. Uh, Kim Vilsick. I think also mentioned today. Lizzie A. Uh, Brett Parsons is here. Fred Coppersmith, thank you. Uh, Vanilla Thunder, first of his name. Sean <laughs> Ganass. Nass? Nass. Like Probably. Boss Nass. Sure. <laughs> you know Boss Nass. No, who's your favorite character? Is that a, is that a oh, new boy, character? It's a Star Wars thing. Is that, is, that the, on, buddy. is that the big caterpillar? No, Boss Nass. Think about it. Not in the originals. Jar Jar. You know, he's the he's I don't the know leader those. of the Naboo. I don't under. know any specific. This is fucking crazy to me. You're a bad nerd. Original trilogy. You're a bad nerd. Oh, I'm a bad nerd for not watching Alien. Aliens. Hey, I just said that. I, I diffused your you argument. You didn't diffuse it because you felt it coming. I feel all things coming from Andy. <laughs> like the Force. <laughs> Tom Brown's here. <laughs> um, Emily Eldred. Uh, you get more arguments because of the president circle. Kevin Cortacas. Alex Whitehouse. Uh... Is this one uh, one that I'm not supposed to read? There is one, right? No, I forget not, who it is. I don't think it's this one. Okay. No, it's not this one. Great. Thank God. Beth Harrington, you're still here. Ross McLeod. Thank uh, you for being a McLeod. Herbert Uruda. Arushia? Sure. Brandon Davis. Uh, Nate Richmond's here. Paul Brisk. Oh, visiting Quickly from getting the his way group. into the uh, president's circle. Jillian Randles is here. Christine Palmer. Oh, Brett Jarrett's also here. Sean. Uh, Josh. Bald of the face group also here. Um, also does the face pod about the face, the podcast, this podcast. Drew Parkinson. Drew, how are you? Uh, Robert Olson's here. The Kimballs. The Kimballs. Andrew Witzel. Juan Duchesne. Merrick Boosfield. Mike Mann. Oh, hey, Mike Mann. Also of the face pod. Uh, Derek Westover. Lissy D. Andrew Burrow. Anthony Rideout. Lauren Gleason. Kevin! Kevin, you did it. Uh, thanks so much to our presidents for Circle members. Oh, boy, I almost, I almost pulled an Andy. <laughs> Called them presidents. <laughs> oh, what a disaster. Well, I'm the president. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you all being here. And uh, until next week, Andy, tell that them what they can do. You can disengage. Oh, no. TOS transporter. This is bad. It's going to take well, we forever. We should be using that technology oh, on this ship anyway. I'm not even dematerializing. <laughs> I'll kick in the real one. Disengage. Disengage.